The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim D.O. Double G. Yeah! I'm going to since we heard those words. <laughs> Crowd is going nuts this week. I'm back. In a Welcome different back. location. <laughs> a different uh, dog cave. <laughs> there you go. Dog house. Oh, no! <laughs> back better than ever. There you go. I am your host, Tim D.O. Double G. Yay! I already did the whole applause thing. Yeah, that's fine. And with me tonight, I have the man behind the sound effects. You just heard him a second ago at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? The sound effects are back. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have at RoddyCat on Twitter. Hey, what's up, everybody? There he goes. I'll be doing my, my smooth jazz uh, stylings tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and stuck at work tonight is at PCN underscore dirt, but make sure to go to his website, popculturenetwork.com. <laughs> and while you're going to websites, go to ours. We're theclicknation.com where you can find episodes of the comic book chronicles, comic book news, and much more. <laughs> we have links to our social media on the website. Go to the homepage and find our Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google Plus. Subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and all your favorite podcasting uh, services. Remember, we are a part of the Coast Little Podcast Network. Go to cspn.us. Do it today. And buy some Comic Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. So, the first comic we're going to begin tonight with is going to be uh, a comic five years in the making. Has it really it been two- five years? Yeah. Oh, yes. My 2012. My goodness. Is when Peter Parker ventured over to the Ultimate Universe for the very first time and met Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man. And this week, we got the follow-up to the five-issue miniseries in Spider-Man 2, number one. As I try to bring the cover up here. So I did a review of this on CBR.com. Go there, check it out. Oh, and my dog just decided to open the door. Nice! Because he's good like that. Now he's underneath the, my chair. <laughs> the dog had the puzzle thumbs? What, what, well, <laughs> if you don't actually, like, if, if you don't close it, the door enough to where it, you know, clicks, yeah. uh, he, he's learned that he can just, like, headbutt it. Oh, no. It'll open. <laughs> That's funny as hell. <laughs> now it makes me wish I had read uh, Animosity this week because we, we should be doing some talking on that. <laughs> that is funny. But, but back to Spider-Man, it, uh, we actually do find out who the uh, Marvel Prime Universe equivalent of Miles Morales is. Right. I mean, the, the mystery is still there. Obviously, we're going to be establishing that over the next uh, number of issues. Um, I guess, you know, we were, we, were, we were talking just before we went on 
Um, we started broadcasting that. I had some issues, you know, some some trouble getting into this issue because of the way the uh, the issue starts off. The story basically, you know, we find ourselves right in the middle of um, an escape and action sequence, and I just. You know, there's something about the banter, and it just didn't ring true. And I felt like that was just a very tough way to start the story. I don't know if you felt the same way. You probably just jumped right into the action and kept, you know, and kept the, uh, and didn't mind the, uh, you know, the, uh, the the Bond action sequence esque, you know, opening to the to the to the book. But I had some trouble with it. Bond esque is very appropriate because yeah, we're thrown straight into the action. Miles and Peter. Tied to each other, hanging upside down uh, at a an airport runway where obviously something has exploded. There's fire everywhere, and they are both maskless. Right. So the, you know, how did they end up in that position? Uh, are their secret identities blown? Was that the prime Miles Morales that escaped on the airplane? Right. We're not a hundred percent sure. So you know, we jump right in at that point, but then we are. Uh, basically transported back in time to, uh, you know, days in the lives of both uh, Miles and Peter. And I guess maybe what I didn't appreciate, maybe it's just, you know, the ridiculous nature of this particular, you know, C or D or E level villain. But why does everyone dump all over the armadillo? You know, <laughs> like, seriously. He's an easy, he's an easy villain to just, he's one of the, insert few, yeah, he's story. one of the few easy ones still around. Yeah. You know, I just, I have a, a soft spot in my uh, memory uh, for I believe it was a Captain America issue or issues. Probably, uh, I think it was during the Grunwald run where uh, Cap is doing his you know absolute best to try to reform the armadillo and take him in and and not you know have him veer down uh, you know the the wrong you know the the wrong path you know completely. And I know that the armadillo I believe was part of the Fifty State Initiative at one point during. Um, I believe they may have recruited him for the Texas team, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds but, right. But and I uh, think they also they also had him Sam Wilson trying to be performed also a little while back. So right. So I guess maybe that's what, you know that's where I had some trouble. You know, in the middle of the story, uh, Ben just kind of talking, you know, talking smack about the armadillo. I'm like, come on, man, <laughs> it's the armadillo. So <laughs> well, that's what I always think. Straight. Back to, I always think back to though, so. yeah. I always think back to Dan Slott's. Uh, Avengers Initiative, I think that was a book where he like reformed. I think it was Shocker, mm-hmm. but like now Shocker's just considered one of the middle villain again. Right. And actually, he actually shows up in a, a comic this week, uh, Uncanny Avengers number twenty five that I have not read yet. But I haven't I read it either. Okay, hmm. I know Shocker's in it. All right. Well, like I was saying, you know, we're we're, we're transported back into a day in the life, and then we. Uh, are reintroduced to a particular phenomenon that we last saw in uh, the first Spider-Man limited series, and the action basically kicks off there. So before you go on with that, I need to ask a question, and I also want to say something, because the, the way the description sounded, it sounded like one of those 80s movies where it's like, hi, I'm Peter Parker. I wonder, you, wonder you're figuring out, you're trying to figure out how I got into a situation like this, and then the music starts playing, and then it kind of goes back into the past type of situation. Kind of. Which... Spider-Man Homecoming kind of doing some beats itself. That's kind of what it is. But the question I had to ask is, do you, I guess this kind of probably goes with what I'm saying, but do you need, think you need to read the first one to yeah. get out of this? Or yeah. does it kind of, it doesn't like... It'll do make a lot of, more sense. Right. So it doesn't do anything to kind of catch you up with... What do you think, Tim? <clears throat> I, I guess the, the art does a lot for me because I liked what uh, Pichelle, yeah. Yeah, Kelly and Justin Ponsor did here. 
And of course, it's the exact same uh, crib scene from the first series. So you have that. Did um, the villain that showed up at the end was he in the first series? I do not believe so, and it seems okay. to be a, a different version. But it looked like the actually put this in my review. The, per, the person that shows up, the outfit he has I'll on, the looks bell. like I'll the bell. Hold on, hold on, so we can talk about it. Spoiler alert! So it's ta- looks like the ultimate universe version of Taskmaster, but Peter was the one explaining the Miles who it was. Shouldn't Miles already know who he is? Mm-hmm. And Peter not know recognize him. Mm. Well, wouldn't that... So, okay, so here's another question. Are they both aware of what happened during Secret Wars? They both should, because they were both um, involved Miles, in it. Yeah, Miles does. I don't know so much. Like Miles, yeah, right. Miles seems like he would, because, you know, he has made some allusions to it, but I don't know about Peter. But and that, that which brings me to that question, though, because I, maybe they don't know. I mean, maybe somehow the way Peter knows because of some other reason, and yeah. because of Secret Wars, it just... Um, Miles doesn't. I don't know. That make, either way, that kind of doesn't make much sense, but... So, right. So, you know, part of me is just shocking it up to an awkward start for Bendis in this series. I guess Tim liked it a lot more than I did. Um, I'm obviously going to keep up, you know, with the series, but I just didn't, uh, I wasn't very enthusiastic uh, in reading this first issue. It, it felt like a zero issue because we didn't really set up much. And if I'm not mistaken, I think PCN underscore Dirt's Graham Comics reviews follow uh, his Graham Comics reviews on Instagram. I believe his Graham comic review for this issue basically said uh, something very similar in that um, there's not much, um, there's a lot of setup and not anything close to uh, realizing a payoff until uh, the bitter end. And then obviously it's a cliffhanger leading into the next issue. There you go. All righty. All righty. So, so that's Spider-Man number two, or Spider-Man two, number one. There you go. What's next? Oh, <laughs> President Bartlett's jumping in. We have, uh, I think, I know Agent Seventy and I also read Amazing Spider-Man number thirty. Ooh, if you want Spider-Man to, yeah, let's do it because it is apropos for the week. So I'm not going to uh, front on this uh, particular point. This is a potential click of the week for me. I am enjoying this particular um, uh, uh, arc or, or, or series of arcs. That slot is doing immensely because there's, you know, there's a sense of a payoff, but at the same time, um, you know, basically it's, it's kind of sad to see, uh, uh, you know, Peter get knocked off the perch that he's kind of found himself on as the CEO of Parker Industries. Um, the setup for the story basically takes place immediately following the free comic book day secret empire story. And, uh, you know, following along, (coughs) excuse me, from the last issue, um, Dr. Octopus is uh, on the warpath and is looking to take down and retake, take down um, uh, Spidey and take back uh, what he believes is his in the form of Parker Industries. And um, we can sort of sense where this is all going because at some point we're going to uh, find uh, Peter Parker back uh, down on his luck. Um, the way I put it in my uh, quick summary was, um, you know, it's kind of disheartening to see uh, Spidey's relative personal success being uh, torn down. Um, in a grand display of the, quote, old Parker luck, unquote. So, you know, it's still, it's still a lot of fun to read. I, I, I particularly like some of the, um, uh, I guess you could call it growth in the character because uh, something that we recognize uh, in Cap is something that, you know, Spidey actually says, you know, like kind of thinks out loud. 
in uh, in in the book, and uh, you know, it rings true. It rings true to the character. So um, I had a lot of fun reading that, and this is definitely a candidate for click of the week for me. I had also strong feelings about it. Um, I read twenty nine during my uh, uh, two week uh, break from the show, and if I had read it whichever week that was, it definitely would have been a click of the week nominee because seeing Doc this uh, superior Hydra octopus versus Peter has been very enjoyable. Also, great art by Stuart Immerman and Von Grab Badger. Yes, agreed. Always do great work. And so, yeah, basically, you, is, the only question that remains is, is this going to lead to the demise of Parker Industries? Is that the end game here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess it's going to tie into how Secret Empire resolves itself now that Ock is actually uh, uh, a part of uh, Hydra. So, you know, that may go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. All right. Roddy, Spider-Man number 30. There you go. Roddy, do you have anything fighting <laughs> related? <laughs> no, not until later. That's what I was going to um, But um, But I can throw out a book here real quick. Um, and I guess we'll go to... Well, let's skip to DC real quick, I guess. Because uh, Titans number 13. Did anybody read that? Nay. I, I honestly, I have to say, pretty much most of the stuff I have on here can be can be rapid fire. Oh no! Is you know maybe with the exception of probably one of the book, but yeah, you know. But so they're still okay. So they're still trying to, or at least the guy, they're still under the guise of trying to find Bumblebee's um, missing uh, missing memories, and that is, like I said, in my notes, that is pretty much fully gone. The, the MacGuffin route at this point, because, yeah, they bring it up, but it just c- keeps falling into second nature to the other stuff that is going on to the, in the book, which is, you know, the the secret that um that Omen has on her, or at least, spoiler alert, has until this issue. And there's also... Just ring the bell. Yeah, well, it's not that... Really, it's not that big of a deal. And actually, it's not even just hers. It's like, because obviously we know, you know, Wally has his... It's not a secret, because everybody knows he has his pacemaker... But there's some things that happen in the course of this um, issue. I'm just actually just going to do this. There we go. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, things come out. And, and you can safely say that um, the, the cover kind of kind of sort of plays on what, 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 um, what happens. I mean, it doesn't get to this point. Okay. But there's a lot of feelings come out in the midst of this battle, battle that's supposed to be happening. You know how uh, things happen like when you have teammates that have feelings for each other and you're in the middle of a fight and said teammates kind of start showing concerns over the, the other teammates that they have the feelings for mm-hmm. and things go wrong because they're supposed to be fighting type situation. And then, and we apparently find out that Wally may or may not have a new, well, one, he has a new secret because he just found out he, something's going on with his powers. Mm. Um, this is, that's, that's the shortest, sweetest way to say it, but he hasn't told anybody, but people kind of, are noticing things happen during the during the course of the fight. Is it so. other than what I believe we've already discussed on the show, where his powers are killing him? Uh, no, but it's more than that. Okay, yeah, it, and if it is, it's definitely shown it in a different way. But no, it's, 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 it doesn't seem to be that. It sounds like there's a new wrinkle to his uh, predicament, which is weird because it's like it's not like what's going on with him is out of the ordinary for you know his power set and him being able to tap into the speed force. But apparently he's never been able to do this before, you know, especially when he's supposed to be in a state where he's not supposed to be exerting himself, you know, too much. So it's kind of weird. 
And I'm going to assume that they are going to address that at some right. point. But the issue ends with um, with a, a secret coming out and an accusation, which uh, yeah, we will probably we will definitely see more of that in the next issue. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's Titan Thirteen. Alrighty. Ha! Huh. It's funny. All right. So um, you know, we got some communication from uh, our man at work, uh, PCN underscore Dirt, and I guess it'll come up soon. Um, as we're discussing uh, clicks of the week and uh, some of the DC books in the uh, in our queue. Excuse me, uh, Tim. How about we get to the last book that we both read, um, Defenders number three? Oh yes. So this oh. was a very entertaining read. Um, if you want to discuss it, because the biggest thing that sticks out in my mind is the ending. The you say happy ending? No, just the ending. <laughs> just the ending oh, it okay. sticks out in my mind but in terms of you know what what else happens in the issue well i'd like to say this is like peak bendis in a good way i think like this entire <laughs> issue you're saying he went full bendis oh no but well, I, in a good way because you could tell he was having fun yeah i agree with that we got a recap of the history between luke cage and uh diamondback had some Great interaction between Punisher, Daredevil, and Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had, and I also like that he split up, you know, like Danny and Luke were split up, and like Jessica and Luke weren't together. So, like, you know, put Daredevil with uh, Luke, and then Danny and Jessica were together on a stakeout. But like the showdown between Diamondback and Black Cat, uh, Iron, Iron Fist, well, yeah, Black Cat for one. You know, both of them trying to establish their territory and their dominance on the streets, and then the Diamondback versus Iron Fist and Jessica Jones throw down later at the end. Like the art from Dave, Dave Marquez and Justin Ponce again was brilliant. Yeah, this I even like tweeted out some some uh, panels from it uh, th- late this afternoon. Yeah, there's some phenomenal stuff in these pages, and I had forgotten that Punisher like shot them all last issue. <laughs> yeah, that was the cliffhanger ending. Use non-lethal bullets. <laughs> there you go. But um, yeah, I liked everything about this. I'm glad that you came up with the description of it being kind of like the the more pleasant Bendis experience, because, like you said, you could definitely tell he was having fun, and it seemed like there it wasn't as much banter as just you know just uh, sharp lines are being delivered, you know, one after the other. You know, not necessarily in banter form, but, you know, sometimes it was when it came down to um, uh, uh, there's a, a portion of the story where um, a, uh, a couple of the defenders basically take on uh, the Punisher and, 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 uh, and, and basically bring him in. Uh, who knows for how long? But uh, ultimately, you know, the, just the, the, the dialogue between these characters is, uh, you know, is, is pretty sharp and pretty snappy. Oh. I was on my hour-long drive home, I have you know time to think. So I was trying to like, I feel like Bendis has been on a pretty good role, I guess this year. Okay. Like, well, even going back to like last year, like when all new, all different Marvel started and Guardians of the Galaxy restarted. I feel like Guardians was great after you know once all new, all different began. I wasn't crazy about Bendis's Guardians before that and before Secret Wars, but you know that's a team book that like clicked on all cylinders once uh like i said once the the secret wars ended and all new all different began here's another team book where again looks like he's just having fun 
and it's like he knows his character so well that I feel like you it you can tell reading each uh, page, flipping through each page. Um, I, I'm not reading Jessica. Haven't uh, been up to date on Jessica Jones, so I can't really comment on that. Uh, I've been liking Spider Man, the Miles Morales Spider Man. That's been fun, especially recently. So I forget what else he writes. Is that all his uh, Marvel output at the moment? And I guess Spider Man Two came out, and that was fine to me. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about Bendis. <laughs> not yet. Right. right. He's starting off strong in this. So. Hopefully, his generation's one shot will be fine. Right. But yeah. So, so basically, as I was referring to earlier, and thanks, Tim, for basically covering the bulk of the book. Um, what I, you know, I read this, and you know, it was it, it was good, but I thought that. Uh, the ending was, you know, what stuck out in my mind, and it was when I, when I just tapped out a few notes in our spreadsheet. That was the first thing that I, I, I wanted to type about. Um, you know, I did not see the particular cliffhanger ending uh, coming in this book. Um, I felt like it was the 1990s all over again, and strong, strong hint without a complete spoiler. Although, if you are well versed, this is a definite spoiler. So something happens at the end of this issue is Jean-Paul Valley far behind. This is also a potential click of the week candidate for me. As as same for me. Cool. Interesting. Well, the, uh, that being the case, let's keep on the Luke Cage train, shall we, folks? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, with Black Panther and the crew number four, which I think will probably make the last book I can talk about in depth. Actually, that's not true. I could do Justin with that, but no one here cares. Um, so Black Panther and the crew number four. I won't go into the fact that I'm still bummed about the fact that this, this excuse me, that this book is ending because been there, said that. But we now get to uh, Luke Cage's connection to uh, the crew, much less uh, the, the character of Ezra. Um, I can't remember his last name, who was the crux of the crew getting together. So after last issue, you know, we got we saw an explosion that was similar to Luke Cage's um, to, to one that was in Luke Cage's show. Uh, we are getting this whole episode, this, this whole instance in uh, this whole issue in Luke Cage's point of view. So, uh, but the the crux of the whole issue is pretty much um, we found out that Ezra was uh, kind of a mentor to Luke, uh, probably even going probably in also. Maybe including to the time he was incarcerated, but doesn't seem like uh, it doesn't seem like they made that part clear. But um, for the most part, like I said, there's a fight between Luke and uh, Missy and uh, the Hydra helicopter that was tasked to cause said explosion. But then that's the last time we see Hydra in this issue, and this is not a secret Empire um, uh, tie-in, so that was slightly strange. But I guess it kind of fit. Um, but you see Misty and Luke going on the investigation tip with uh, with this because so the Americops have been in Harlem ever since the uh, the shooting of uh, the shooting and killing of Ezra in police custody. But they were seemed to be nowhere around when this ruckus happened. So uh, Misty and Luke just kind of hit a couple of places. Like they hit up this one dude. They they. Uh, they know who might have some information. Then they go hit up the dude that's over the AmeriCorps, and they come to find out some stuff from him, some stuff he's saying and not saying at the same time that are that are making things more clear to them. And um, uh, and then at the end of the book, we of course, we get 
Luca Misty meeting up with um, T'Challa and Aurora in the restaurant that they were talking that they were in, and this kind of adds the this brings the crew total up to four, and it seemed like next issue is going to be uh, bringing Manifold into the fold, hmm. so to speak. And there was a weird tag. I don't know why this was here, but I thought it was kind of strange. And there's probably a reason for it, and I'm, I'm not trying to make anything out of it. But it's during one of the, um, I think Luke was like jumping up to the the helicopter to try to bring it down, and the, on the one of the walls was um, was a uh, looks like some graffiti, and it's like Billy Graham. And I'm like, <laughs> that's odd. <laughs> you know, but you know, you see all kind of stuff in places. Sure. But it was, but it was like that. Just seems seemed to both odd and probably there was some there was something to it that you know that what didn't um that didn't that didn't ring at first like yeah. if you know who Billy Graham is and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some some um, some tie in there with that it's and uh, as I think about the guy who's over the AmeriCorps you can kind of put that some of that in there but not to the same degree because you know two different things but anyway but that was Black Panther under crew number four you mean the cops huh you mean the American cops <laughs> No, I mean the guy over the Americops. Okay, because you said Americorps. I'm like, no, is it? That's oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. If I said very that, different. I, yeah, yeah. That's a totally different thing. <laughs> yes, yes. That's totally a Ameri- different thing. Although, I, I've even in reading this thing, I, I've done it a couple of times. I'm like, well, what, what am I doing? It's not. It's not what it is. Okay. All right. So, um, I only have a couple of books left. I'm going to mm-hmm. hold off on talking about one of them because it happens to be um, uh, uh, a. Uh, a click candidate for uh, someone. So I'll talk about the last book I have, and it's something that Roddy just flipped through very quickly. It's mm-hmm. Darth Vader number three. So um, for anyone who uh, isn't familiar with the premise of this Darth Vader, see, I believe it's a limited series again. Um, you know, this is, uh, this picks up. Is it a limited series? Yeah, that's about to say. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a limited to, uh, in some respects, yeah, but I don't know if they actually said. Okay. Have they actually said that? I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. So without, you know, uh, without dwelling on that, um, the first arc, at least in this uh, series, uh, involves something that we didn't know before, which is uh, mild spoiler alert. The Sith have to do something specific in order to attain the red color to their uh, lightsabers. And uh, Vader is on a quest to obtain his red lightsaber, and he has to uh, basically. Uh, I've already hit the spoiler bell. I'm not going to hit it again. More like a lightsaber, not necessarily a red one, but yeah. Right. Well, just you know, to cre- to create a red lightsaber. That's really right. what it, it comes down to. And you know, in the in uh, one thing that they have to do in order to create a red lightsaber is to uh, knock off the wielder of uh, a normal lightsaber, which basically knocking off a Jedi. And it's kind of uh, hard to do when there's not that many. Exactly. Around. What I was going to say is post um, post uh, Revenge of the Sith, there aren't very many Jedi around. And Vader has had to hunt down a particular Jedi who is um, in exile. And this is the issue that describes their uh, initial confrontation because we do have a to be continued. And um, while we suspect that uh, eventually Vader probably, probably prevails, it's nice to see him actually humbled in this issue. Right, which, yeah, which even in the last series didn't happen that terribly many, that, that terribly much. Right. So, you know, there's... Uh, I, call, I, I call that Jedi do Joe Fix-It because of his, <laughs> because of his coloration one and partially because he's kind of a, he's one of those Jedis that was like, well, he's pretty much a fighter. 
Right. Like he wasn't he wasn't about the the peacekeeping Jedi types of person, which is partially why he was uh exiled. Right. Um, but he, he also wasn't necessarily in hiding because of the, you know the Order sixty six went down and he wasn't in the fight anyway. So he was already long gone from, right. from the Order when uh, when the Revenge of the Sith happened. So mm-hmm. so ultimately, um, you know, we do have a cliffhanger to be continued, and uh, round two is probably right around the corner, if not in the next issue soon after. So we'll see how this turns out. But again, um, it's nice to see Vader, you know, knock down definitely more than a few pegs. Um, at the end of this issue, yeah, flipping through it seemed like a pretty. It was a pretty nicely, um, nicely laid out fight. Yeah, paced and laid out. Well paced, you know. It was a well paced kind of. Um, um, it's it's a lot like oh, I forget. It, it's just escaping my uh, my memory at this point. So, uh, it's it's you know it's it's uh, it's inspired by a lot of classic uh, martial arts type inf- type films and, and adventure films where you have to kind of beat boss after boss and work your way up to the top boss. And maybe, and this, especially because of the cover, a little bit of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah, I definitely dig that. I definitely dig that. It's uh, you know, it, you know, it's a, it's reminiscent of uh, Bruce Lee's last movie, Game of Death. So, mm. um, you know, like I said, you know, just moving your way up from uh, level to level. So, but uh, you know, what, when we what we actually uh, get in this issue is the acceleration of that particular climb up the mountain, and uh, uh, you know, quickly seeing Vader get knocked down a few uh, rungs. Or, or for the younger folk in the audience, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the. Oh, Pilgrim. right there you go. There's another comparison for it. So. Although it doesn't really play out like that, because it's not like he's going from fight to fight to fight in this particular case. But the, the, it's still kind of what Agent Seventy still kind of stands. Right. Yeah. It's the same principle. Right. All righty. So that covers that. Um, do you guys have any other rapid fire stuff? Because I've got only one book left. Yeah, I got a, a couple. Tim, you got something? You wanna... I think I have one more. Okay. I can do well, mine. Um, but I, let me. I could go ahead and get my two out of the way then. Um, where was I? Oh, uh, I guess on the flash tip, Excel number two from uh, Lion Forge. Lion Forge. Is it Lions or Lion Forge? Lion Forge. Lion Forge. Catalyst Prime. Catalyst Prime is the. It's not the, the Catalyst Prime is not the Emperor. That's pretty much the universe. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming so. Uh, but yeah, Catalyst Prime Excel number two. Uh, in this issue, short and sweet. So, stop me if you've heard this one. So he's a speedster. Excuse me, we shouldn't. You probably you shouldn't use that word in, in this. Um, in this, but he can run real fast. He has, you know, his he got this power from the meteors that, if you are keeping up with that universe, kind of fell out. That almost has a white event feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is him trying to test out the limits of his powers now because after last issue. He was like, he just, he pretty much was like, I just jumped into this and, um, you know, without actually doing anything about it. So now that he was on the man from the, from the last fight, which didn't take that long because he has accelerated healing, um, he decides to go off and test his power limits. In the course of him doing so, and I apologize for anyone involved with this book and um, Lions Forge for this, but you cannot, there's no way you cannot make certain comparisons. I mean, you could try and you very much could, but there's, there's close things to it. That said, he starts off in the desert. He's he's doing he's running. He ends up um, moving into say a different dimension, maybe possibly some sort of force, possibly of speed type mm-hmm. of situation, and almost literally runs into someone that kind of reminds you of Savitar, huh. and then gets bounced off out of the said instant because like I said, he had never gone that fast before and never done this, so he wasn't sure what's going on. 
and then he ends up getting bounced out of this and then going ends up going on a um not necessarily a walkabout but ends up somewhere out in some desert with some dude um around a campfire that's you know talking to him like yeah this and that and other so you, you get you kind of get that and actually going on and then another um a bunch a couple of trippy things happen and he ends up going back through that that i uh, said um dimension universe speed force thing once more and i think if i kind of have to, i kind of this is one of the ones that kind of flipped through also so there's a couple things i'm kind of missing out of the the details out of it but that's pretty much the, the gist of this book gotcha of this issue and then finally uh josina puscat's number eight i want to say if the last page of this book or the one of the last panels of this book is um is telling this book might be coming to it, you know, which is sad because it's actually a pretty good book. And as I've said before, you don't not you do not have to be a woman to appreciate this book mm-hmm. because I know there are people probably in this audience and even closer like, well, this is this is a woman's book. Why would you read that? <laughs> so, and to those people, say shut the fuck up. Um, good impression. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a pretty good book. It is smart. It is it it does a lot of fourth wall breaking. Um, and, and it is, it is a pretty delightful book. And sometimes it gets a little serious because, you know, there's some relationship things going on and some other things, but it's still, it's kind of a pretty fun book, especially when some of the way they either break the fourth wall or Melody herself, uh, her actions and reactions, that kind of situation. But in this particular issue, the Pussycats and the Archies are in Japan because the, the you know, the, the, the Pussycats have blown up to, to a certain extent and they've gone to, for to a, some kind of tour overseas, and they decided to take the Archies with them. So we got the whole the whole Archies crew in this uh, in this issue, and there's and they're banter, banter, you know, with each other, which is kind of cool. Um, there's a little affair between um, or a little tryst between uh, Alan M and Alexandra Cabot, you know, that Josie doesn't know about because you know there's some some things with that, and they're both supposedly friends with them, but they went behind her back, and that came out in this one. And so there was stuff like that coming up. And then there, it goes back to the regular Josie and the Pussycats, where they're pretty much turned into action heroes, because the Archies get start to get kidnapped at the end of the issue, and the, the Pussycats have to go save them. Because some people that, um, that the Pussycats went up against in previous issues kind of came back, I guess, for revenge or something, and they kidnapped the, uh, the Archies, so... All right, and comedy ensues into that. But like I said, it's a pretty fun book. Um, and I was also would like to add. Let me see if I can actually pull this up real quick because there was something interesting I saw that um, that was in the back of this book. Let me see. This might not play. So if it does, if it doesn't, then I'll just pull it up. Uh, screen share. Write it down. Here we go. Hey, that worked. I don't know. You should be able to see this. Can you see that? Yep. So this is so this is this is a digital version. This is out the back of the book. So this is basically a um, uh, a few page long commercial for the Riverdale property uh, for the Riverdale series. So okay. if you want, to, oh no, no, stop it! All your alerts are coming up. Yeah. So let me get off of that real quick because uh, <laughs> I forgot <laughs> to turn it off. But basically. You got um, some Riverdale. We got the Riverdale properties. So if you are the type that's going to perv out to, to those pictures like that, you can, including here. I just pulled it up right there because that way. So you got you know everybody shows up, including you know Betty, Veronica, Fred, you know yeah. So and that's in the back. But yeah, I think this this book might be ending because like there's this, there's this one panel in the the back that uh, that Metal Lee talks about that kind of suggests it, and I don't know if that's the case or not, but. If it does, that's sad because this book has been good, and um, 
it's uh, you know, it's been enjoyable. I should say that. So, all right. So, Tim, did you have another book? <clears throat> I did. I had Dark Days, the casting number one. I have to say, I tried to start reading this, and I had to put it down. It's one of those. I guess I, I'm a sucker for being a concepted. Uh, event series, even though this is like the prelude to the event that happens next month. Right. There we have more of the journal of Carter Hall, aka Hawkman. And there's a lot of we get some ties to Ras Our Ghoul, uh, <coughs> the Marvel family, aka Shazam family. Um Talia Al Ghul makes an appearance. We get eighth and ninth metal references. We find out Duke's importance and possibly his uh, superhero name. I think that's Which is all, like, he's named after an app. Joker. He's named after an app. <laughs> it's an app. Well, or, yeah. I know. It's, a, it's, it's silly regardless. Yeah. And supposedly uh, we'll be hearing about a spinoff series, according to Scott Snyder, pretty soon, probably next week during San, San Diego Comic-Con, would be my guess. Hmm. Um, what else happened here? So we get like, uh, we get these markings and again, references to different clan, tribal clans throughout the centuries, the bat clan, the hawk clan. And it seems like he, he said, uh, Snyder is setting up this big, like bird versus bat kind of war, which is probably why you see like Hawkman and Hawkman or Hawk Girl, uh, ref referenced and involved in the series. And of course, Batman, and then the the dark matter Batman that are gonna uh, show up later in the summer, or I guess summer someone's over later, going into the fall mm-hmm. with the different crossovers and spinoff tie-in series. But um, so if you're very familiar with DC Comics uh, back history, you'll definitely love this. Even though I am not as versed in DC's history, I still found it enjoyable just because. You can tell Snyder setting up something, some big stuff. And just like in the Marvel event, there's going to be probably a bunch of uh, spinoff series to launch out of this, mm. which is also pretty fun and exciting. We had uh, the, I forget which Kubert is on this. I think it's Andy. It's Andy. Yeah. Andy Kubert, John Romita Jr., John, yeah, Romita Jr., and Jim Lee on art. Good stuff. I just so have to, I just have to intr- you know immerse myself in it because it's you know it was it was uh so it was like the last thing I tried to read on my way home and I just had to close up the iPad and just put it away. Yeah, that's how it was with um Secret Warriors and before which I didn't finish. Yeah, hopefully I'll have but, you know read all this stuff over the weekend. Same so, here. So I guess we're at clicks of the week. We are. Week. All righty. So how about let me take care of PCN underscore dirt's click of the week because it was the last book. It was one of the last books I read uh, today. And uh, PCN underscore dirt's click of the week for this week is uh, Flash number 26. Uh, His comment on this book is for all the great geeky things the last issue did, this one did too. And I I agree with him. Uh, There was a lot of, you know, kind of... uh, great geeky uh flash fan references in this my notes were basically that there's lots of flash stuff that is you know somewhat familiar to me if i was more familiar with the history of the flash the way i am with spidey maybe this face-off 
you know, similar to his face-off with, uh, to Spidey's face-off with uh, uh, Otto Octavius in over in Amazing Spider-Man uh, 30 and that current storyline, the way I'm enjoying that, I would be enjoying this if I were more familiar with the Flash and uh, some of the things that uh, uh, the reverse Flash, Thawne, uh, is, is pulling off. And this would be, this would read to me uh, as more dramatic and even more gripping and fun the way it is for PC and underscore dirt. But that is his click of the week, Flash number 26. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'll get into my click of the week. I'm going to make a decision. Um, my decision was between two books that we discussed earlier in the episode. And I'm still going to go with Amazing Spider-Man number 30. Because I just had, you know, as much as I'm not looking forward to the inevitable fall of Parker Industries, or at least I think it's inevitable, I'm still enjoying uh, what seems to be all the the loose ends that slot is trying to tie up and the way he's doing it is, is great. I really enjoyed a little bit of, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Spidey kind of uh, rallying the troops in this issue in, in this issue. And that was pretty, uh, pretty fun to see. So, you know, in the absence of Captain America, you know, someone's got to rally the troops and it's sort of the last person you'd think of. I like how they just sort of like moved away from like it ties in secret empire, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't, right? Yeah, it's doing his own thing. Yeah. Further along the uh, Amazing Spider-Man story. Yeah, absolutely. So that's still rocking and rolling. My click of the week is Defenders number three. Nice. It was great. I loved Amazing Spider-Man number 30 as well. But um, yeah, Defenders left a more uh, sort of an impact on me. No pun intended, right? (laughs) We're again referring to the last page cliffhanger. (laughs) So yes. And I guess that just leaves me. Um, <clears throat> and I guess I will go with, uh, sure, why not? Uh, Josie and the Pussycats, number eight. I, I thought the book is enjoyable. So. Cool. All righty. So we have reached uh, the point in the show where we're transitioning from reviews to the news. Um, our first ad read of the night is... For Busted Tees, this episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is brought to you by Busted Tees. Uh, if I could just get this link away. Uh, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture. Cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture, and much more all on sale. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. So we are now transitioning into the news section. And Tim, are you sticking around or are you going to... I probably should go. You Okay, but well, before you do, do you want to... Uh... Either talk about some articles you're doing and or maybe a little bit of um, Spidey Talk. Homecoming. I can. There you go. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Saw it open tonight, like my fellow co-hosts here. Uh, enjoyed it. Actually, I'm debating whether I want to see it again in the theater. I'm not just debating. To... I just need to find time. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's a matter of if I, I want to get some more article ideas uh, from it. So I, I'd have to like see it again and mentally take notes. Instead of just like watching it to enjoy it like I did the first time. Uh, I had one article come out from it um, talking about how 
I guess I've, it's not too much of a spoiler. It's, Captain America may have a new shield. Right. Uh, so I worried about that. I have another one in the, uh, in progress regarding Miles Morales' future in the MCU. Right, uh, because there was some, some hints dropped uh, that, that puts him there. And, and I think Feige even said as much that he's around. Right. Well, yeah, I'll just... ring the bell so that we can speak freely. Yeah. Spoiler alerts, possible and definite spoilers from here on in about Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, right. There we go. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. Um, they did some tropey things that, uh, you know, they did that MCU, well, that, you know, superheroes movie do in any way. Like, you know, did he really have to re- reveal his identity, really have to get revealed to, to a certain person? I mean, did that, did that really have to happen? No, it did not. But it did it anyway, which sets up something for uh, one of the other Spider movies uh, coming up. But I, so... I squealed like a little kid when they when um when during the first part of the movie because damage control mm-hmm. uh, was brought up and we even have Time Daily as um one of the one of the um one of the damage control characters uh, I believe she was the head of damage control at the time yeah. I can't remember which yeah so that part for me was was awesome because it was like I was waiting for you know like I love damage control and they, I was waiting for enough for the reference to it, or at least a bigger reference to it, and the fact that they were supposed to be doing a TV show, which may or may not still be going on, you know, but just to see that on the big screen and them calling it out like that. And, and, and playing a big role in the movie. And playing a big role, exactly. Was also, that was another thing about the movie, where they had this movie set. So if you didn't know, they had this set pretty much right. Uh, well, the beginning was kind of in between, but it's kind of right after uh, Civil War, Captain America Civil War. Right. And there's even specific callbacks to... Well, when you, say the, when you the, say the beginning, are we talking about the beginning that sets up the Vulture? Because that's actually after Avengers. Well, right. That part. Right. You're, you know what? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because there, there is a little bit of that. So this is definitely set up between that. But at the same time... See, that was the thing. Because it seemed like they kind of... But I guess it still kind of went in order. Because, yeah, that part was first. And then they went into the, the Civil War part. Right. So it actually moved through like two or three, two different movies. Right. Like basically what sets up Spidey's um, appearance in this movie is uh, just a quick recap of Civil War and his experience in Civil War. And that was so well done because it didn't, you know, it didn't belabor the point. It didn't move slowly and didn't have a lot of uh, explanation because if you're watching that, if you're watching Homecoming, chances are you've watched Civil War. And it was yeah. just a quick, quick recap from Peter's point of view. Um just from my end, you know, overall, the movie was so fun. Mm-hmm. It's just I had, it was fun, you know, from the beginning to the end. There are very few kind of slow points or low points where you kind of needed to ramp up again. That was kind of, to me, the weakness of uh, Guardians 2, is that there was kind of a lull in the middle, but kind of. But I didn't notice it as much as some other people did and not as much as some of the other reviewers did, but I could acknowledge that it was there. Yeah, I, I kind of felt it, it, it near the end. It kind of got a little, maybe a little long, longer than it needed to be. So my guardians were talking about Spidey. No, I'm talking about Spidey. Okay, yeah. towards the end. Yeah. Well, I thought that um, in terms of the, you know, like Ghana, you know, it didn't exactly have like a Lord of the Rings problem with multiple endings. Um, <laughs> it was just, you know, I guess, I, I guess it was kind of bringing what was a really grounded. Um, uh, Spider-Man movie uh, and kind of weaving it back into the Marvel universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole, and maybe that's what kind of dragged things out a little bit, a, a little bit with the thing that you were speaking about before the character, the identity reveal to a certain character. Um, what did you guys think? Who are your favorite uh, supporting characters in the movie? 
uh, actually Michelle. Yeah, she, she was fun. She was different yeah. there. Yeah. I have a weak spot for uh, Ned. I was going to say that also. Yeah, Ned's like tanky. <laughs> yeah, tanky. exactly. Like he 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 kind of hits me uh, a little too close to home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything short of uh, playing with Legos into your teens, but um. Although he got a little bit annoying at certain parts. Well, you know what's funny about that is that there's some people that were saying that Ned just had a little bit too much exposure in this. But if you think about yeah. it, you know where, where I, you know where would you have had that go if it wasn't for um, uh, that? We might have seen more what Tony, you know Tony Stark. See, speaking of too much exposure, I thought there was a little. Now, and granted, we you might as well say we pretty much everything we've seen in the trailers in as far as Tony Stark's involvement was pretty much in the trailer. Right. And, it's and nowhere near what you might think it was, it was based on. But it was still a little bit much, though. But I get why they did it, you know? Right. Like, it makes kind of sense why they did it. The, I had a slight issue with Spidey's suit, like the, the whole AI, and but it does call back to the fact that he wore armor before, and, and specifically Tony's armor, you know, Tony, Tony making his armor. So I wasn't really put out by that that much. But it was just like, all right, I get why they're doing this, and, and I see the callbacks. But it was like, oh, you know. Like they could have, they could have shown Peter like doing his own, doing his own costume. That was not the Scarlet Spider costume. <laughs> well, ultimately, what I thought was uh, key to that is, look, it, it, what's funny is that you know, as, as comic book fans and as fans that have grown up reading this, we kind of took it for granted that apparently Spidey was just as good with needle and thread as he was with uh, gadgets. So, <laughs> you know. It's like, well, all right. So we can acknowledge that he's a good, you know, that he's a budding scientist and he's a, a tech, you know, he, he's a tech person as well. And yeah, maybe he's making his web shooters on his own. And yeah, maybe he invented uh, a, 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 a substance that 3M hasn't invented. Isn't that what Sam Raimi complained about? Um, right. And maybe he's done that. But okay, we'll draw the line at him being good with needle and thread. So we'll have someone else make his Spidey suit for him. And, you know, based on who's making it, they're kind of accelerating, you know, kind of incorporating the whole Civil War comic book storyline somewhat. So, And I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. As easily as Ned cracked Tony's encryption on that, it seemed like to me he should have had the, 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 the Stark internship. And that yeah. should have been at the very least acknowledged, which it wasn't. Yeah, I kind of thought that was a, a little bit too easy to, so. Yeah. But other than all, overall enjoyable movie. I I would I think it would probably not be so much of a stretch to say that Tom Holland is a good uh, Peter Parker and Spidey. It, it's, it's probably a pretty probably better than some of the ones we've had. Yeah. in the past. Yeah, yeah specifically. He, yeah, he's tops for me. Yeah, definitely. Like he, like I think he's like I would dare say. Speaking of Michael Keaton, he's kind of the, the Michael Keaton because I thought I I'm one of the few people who thought that Michael Keaton was kind of the the closest. Uh, Bruce Wayne slash Batman, you know, mm-hmm. putting together character because some of the other ones were like, well, they did Bruce Wayne fine, but they didn't Spidey fine. And in this case, you know, there you could say that about the other iterations of Spider Man, where some of them did Peter fine and did Spidey better, yeah. but not both. And I think Tom Holland's pretty much pretty much nailing it. Yeah, I'm not gonna bog out the mic. I'm gonna give Tim some time to speak. <laughs> but, um, totally. um, basically, my no, I have nothing else to say really. Oh, my, my feeling on this is, you know, I remember the wonderment that I had because I watched the first Spider-Man, I don't know how many times in the theater. And, you know, I definitely watched it more than three times because I was, you know, I was bringing people to go watch it because it was just a, it was just a joy to see Spidey web slinging through the city. 
right? And there's actually a bunch of great gags in this in this uh, in this movie based on that because he's not necessarily always in uh, uh, the, the borough where there are skyscrapers that uh, <laughs> dominate the skyline. You know, right. uh, that was even a, a reference to an old movie, right? Oh yeah, definitely. So um, you know, it's uh, you know at the same time. I definitely plan on seeing this a number of times in the theater because I just had so much joy and fun watching this from start to finish. I can't even ima- I can't remember the last time I had you know that kind of like nonstop fun from beginning to end. You know, maybe the first Guardians, but even then it wasn't like this. Hmm. Yeah, I think the only other nitpick I would have about it, and this was addressed in an article, which still doesn't make any kind of sense, but there there was suspiciously no spider sense, which you know is a it's one of his, um, you know, not necessarily key power sets, but it's kind of a defining one for him. But they came out and said, it was like, yeah, they didn't want to do it because it's been done in other movies. And I'm like, that's stupid. This is part of his power set. Why, why would you not do that? But They acknowledge that, that it's there, and they also right. acknowledge it in Civil War, and without really showing the special effect, that's what it is. They don't emphasize it. Right, and I think they even, they, in that Self Flame article, I saw it was like, yeah, they could, they will probably, they could possibly... Acknowledge right. it in other Spider movies going forward. Also, but I still so. think they do subtle acknowledging of it. I, I thought so too, but yeah, without just like you said, without actually calling attention to it, they kind right. of and not you know and not and not emphasizing it with an effect, and that's what I guess people are looking for. Well, but there was a couple of times where, like, wait a minute, he, there's no way he should have taken that hit because he should have been able to move out of the way type situations. Yeah, but you know? gets hit. You know, you know what I mean. Like, I, I'm like, well, sure. when does he ever get hit? Right? If he's old, I mean, he does, hard. but usually there's a there's a reason for it. Right. So. You know. And um, like I, said, I like what it did with the shocker and um, the the Captain America the uh, promos they oh, did. The PSAs, yeah, the PSAs were great, including I guess we can spoil it, spoil it now. The um, the end credits, yeah, I we because that, that was a great yeah. troll. Oh yeah, and what's funny is that they actually announced that the Blu-ray and I guess you know the iTunes extras are going yeah, to have a whole that, bunch but... more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. If you if you haven't seen this movie, uh, but and saw Civil War and thought. You know, Spidey was great in that. This kind of lives up to the promise of that. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. And it does make a huge difference uh, seeing, like, basically age-appropriate actors playing these roles. Yeah, and apparently the, the, uh, Zendaya and Tom Holland are dating now. Supposedly, rumor, rumor, whatever. But, yeah. And I can, yeah. I, and I can also speak to, just, I'm sorry to, uh, to, to interrupt. Yeah. I can also speak to um, the, uh, the, the composition of the student body at um, yes. Midtown High School, you know, having gone to one of these specialized high schools here in New York City, where you know the emphasis is on science and mathematics, I can definitely tell you that the composition in terms of ethnicities and races amongst the characters in the movie is pretty close to what my experience was. I was so, going to ask you about that actually. Yeah, it was definitely close, and uh, you know, definitely more representative of what New York uh, was like even when I was growing up. Oh God, let me not think about how old I am, right? But um, you know, especially in a specialized high school, so uh, you know, it was definitely uh, uh, great to see. And but and what's funny is that while I noticed it, it didn't stick out to me. It was just normal. as the way it should be right it it was just a normal thing you weren't focused on it because they went from uh you know you know like uh classmate to classmate to ned to classmate to classmate and it was just normal Mm -hmm. like i said ned kind of hits me a little close to home though uh yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i'm gonna put this out here i think zendaya might be madam web that's a stretch but whatever (laughs) especially how she kept just popping up in places that's funny but uh anyway tim you got anything you do want to because I know you you got to go, but anything you want to bring up? Yeah. You're muted. 
Now I'm saying now I'm about to dip. All right. Sorry to keep you late, um, but thanks for uh, putting in your uh, your review on Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Y'all be easy. You got it. We won't be much longer. We're going to probably fly through this. Have a good night, man. Later. You too. Later. All right. It is late. We All did right. start late, so. Uh, That's true. Uh, Cinematic news. All right. I guess I'll take the lead. Oh, no, I was waiting for you to do the, um, the, the, the sound effect. Oh, the but... sound effect. That's why <laughs> we Because we already started talking about Spidey Homecoming. I totally forgot about it. Right. All right. So, yeah, if you want to go ahead and start out, go for it. All right. Ant-Man makes a run for it in Avengers Infinity War set photos. So Ant-Man has officially joined the fight against Thanos in new photos that show uh, uh, Paul Rudd running uh, on the Atlanta set of a Marvel's Avengers Infinity War. Better run for it, run for it. <laughs> um, yes. And speaking of how Spider-Man Homecoming, which I think we can kind of cap all of these ones together. Uh, so there was an article about who is Zendaya's Michelle. But- Yes, in case you're tuning in, spoilers, right? Yeah, because as speculated many, many moons ago, she uh, her her character of Michelle is a MJ, maybe not necessarily the MJ, and that came out in during the course of the movie during uh, one of the last few scenes. So there was a there was a, another article, you know, talking about like. Is she actually MJ or some version of MJ? And the article kind of goes through and says, "Well, and I think this Feige may have said something, or somebody said something in this about it." Um, because if you don't know, there's a line that saying, "You know, her friends call her MJ," mm-hmm. and that's what kind of sparked that. Which, like again, people were already both suspecting, right? Suspecting and open arms, both on different sides. But well, what's um, funny about it is this is probably the most comic accurate portrayal of Peter Parker's high school years at least up until now because for longtime readers of the Spider-Man comic books neither you know uh, uh, MJ's not around throughout high school right not there so you know uh, Peter has to you know Peter has a whole circle of friends that he creates even before ever meeting Mary Jane so it's kind of funny that either even if this is or isn't we don't actually have a Mary Jane or MJ for a while. Right. And part of me wanted to say this was our 65 MJ, but even that MJ doesn't, doesn't, um, wasn't like this portrayal. Mm. So it, and I think this article kind of speculates that she could be a version of Gwen Stacy in character. Possibly. Possibly. Um, yeah. So it does make some sense because she's more along the lines of an, an intellectual, uh, peer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that would be uh, borrowing from. But that's also Liz Allen, right? Because of Liz Allen, well, at least in Spectacular uh, Spider-Man, the art, the animated. Yeah, the, I was, was say, I'm, case. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you recall that because I I always harp on that. I love mm-hmm. that cartoon yeah. and um, that version of a mo- that modern retelling of the Spider-Man um, origin um, is, is something that I, I I steer people towards. And actually, you uh, steered me towards. There you go. I couldn't even remember. I wasn't sure if I had steered you towards it, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, you know, when you mentioned that she might be a, a version of Gwen Stacy, that's the version that I think of. Obviously, that was adapted into the uh, Spider, the Amazing Spider-Man two, uh, Amazing Spider-Man uh, two movies, the like Garfield Spider-Man. So, but- yeah. Oh, and there was also another thing which I wanted to bring up. Like this, this article mentions that. So, her character is also like um, I can't remember her name, but basically, if you remember the movie, the old eighties movie, The Breakfast Club. Sure. She she was um. Ali Sheedy. Thank you. Ali Sheedy's character, 
pretty much. And yeah. that part I appreciated even more. And there was also the other scene that we didn't with, with that we alluded to earlier. That was a uh, kind of a takeoff on uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And that was pretty awesome. Yes. So they, they were was, their references, and I appreciated it. We're, we're going to be talking about this movie for a while. You know, yes. there's so many great moments in it. Yes. Moving on, though. Moving on, yes. So um, in a couple of Captain America-related Spider-Man Homecoming um, uh, um, things, whatever I am, I can't speak right now. So Easter eggs. So the Easter first eggs. Yes. that you're referring to is there's a Captain America First Avenger Easter egg. And if I'm not mistaken, this is regarding the, the principal. Yes. So, so oh, go ahead. I caught this, but I didn't catch it. Like, it was like, I remembered the scene. It's like, why does this dude look so familiar? And, I, and, I, and I, couldn't, I couldn't place it, and I didn't even see the picture that is on yeah, his desk. That's what I was going to mention. They definitely hint so strongly at it. I missed that. I just recognized the actor. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, my friend and I uh, Googled it. You know, I went to uh, see the movie with a couple of friends, and my friend Googled it and confirmed it for me. And we were just like, oh, we were right. Mm-hmm. So which of that was also awesome. So if you don't know that the actor that's playing the principal in um, Spider-Man Homecoming is a descendant of uh, the, one of the Highland Commandos that showed up in Captain America, the first Avenger. Right. The characters are uh, actually the exact same actor. <laughs> yes. So that was pretty awesome in itself. It was like, and that bothered me for a minute that while watching this, like, I noticed dude, I've seen him, I've seen him, I've seen him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and sure enough, that was him. Okay. So that was pretty cool. Right. Um, more spoilers. We'd actually kind of just talked about this with what Tim talked about. In fact, he wrote about it was a uh, spoiler for Avengers Infinity War could possibly having to do with Cap's shield or a, a newer version of Cap's shield. It could also that, be a callback to that prototype that we saw in the Iron Man movies. They mentioned that. Yeah, they mentioned that in here. You mean they, that they, yeah, so they either, it could be the... Well, because if, if you remember Civil War, Cap gave up the shield, which I thought that was the prototype. I don't know. At this point, I'm not 100% sure what. Um, you know, it's all speculation at this point. Because it's this shield here, and I thought that was the same shield. They just they just colored it, you know. They just they just painted it rather. Cap, Cap drops the shield at the end of Civil War, and um, it's assumed that he's operating Sans shield. Um, but it's probably more likely that he's going to get the energy shield from uh, Wakanda. T'Challa, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's what uh, everyone's looking forward to. In you know, maybe Cap makes an appearance in the Black Panther movie. Who knows? So um, I would think so. Yeah, or at least a reference to it. You know, like mm-hmm. something. Something coming out of that, but um, because he was indeed in Wakanda with uh, him and Bucky were in right. Wakanda at the end of uh, Civil War, so right. it would kind of make some sort of sense, if, even if they don't stick around that long. Right. Uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming rakes in 117 million domestically, 140 40 million overseas. So yeah, doing pretty good. Money, right? And as we mentioned earlier, the Spider-Man: Homecoming Blu-ray is going to have more Captain America PSAs, which just progressively got more funny. As yeah. went along. And I say again, especially the very last one at the, at the end of the credits, because like I said, that was just such a good troll. Right. Well, honestly, the one that had the best impact was the one that was the least expected. And I'm going to hit the spoiler bell because, you know, someone's going to hate me if I don't do it. Oh, no. Exactly. I got I, I pressed the uh, the transition into the doorbell because the one that got me rolling was, hi, my name's Captain America. So you're in the tension. I was like, oh, uh, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> that had me rolling. Yeah, I, I love how they kind of just integrated that into, they just made that into a running bit throughout the whole, yeah. uh, the whole movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Including, like I said, the, the ending. Um, so that was great. Spider-Man Homecoming, Mr. Murray, a.k.a. Hot Aunt May, uh, 
disappointed over cut scene, which I'm going to assume that we will probably see on the Blu-ray. Yep. Hey, any more Marissa Tomei and anything is always good with me. That works. Listen, she was just on Conan, I think it was last night. Mm-hmm. And Conan was just all over himself, mm. you know, making you know making jokes uh, regarding a hot ant, the 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 uh, the the, re, uh, the reimagining of Ant Man as a young hot ant or aunt. Right, which which again was is you can probably say is also from uh, Spectacular because I think then they also make a younger Ant Man in that one, mildly younger. This is definitely yeah. a call out to um, Ultimate, but even younger right. than that. Right. Yep. You're absolutely right. Um, so yeah, shout out to Maggie Lawton. Uh, moving right along, The Wasp debuts in D23 banner for Marvel's Ant-Man sequel. So D3 and D23, which is the official Disney, uh, fan expo, it, which is coming up pretty soon, actually. Uh, I don't know when it is, but yeah, they have a banner for it, but it's, it's coming up really, really soon. Is it this weekend? Uh, I want to say it's either this weekend or next weekend, because I know we have... Well, this weekend is, uh, San Diego. Right. So I believe it's this weekend. I could be wrong. That's probably right. Like, yeah, so we have San Diego coming up and D23, which is going to be some a lot of Disney news-related news, but still, there's going to be some Marvel stuff in there, probably, outside of just this. Excuse me, moving right along. It's yeah, so kind of unexpected news. Yeah. Um, uh, the actor that we know from uh, Fresh Off the Boat um, is Randall Park is joining as S.H.I.E.L.D. agent uh, Jimmy Woo. He's joining uh, the Ant-Man and Wasp uh, movie. So it's an interesting yeah, place to put this character. I know, right? Well, I guess it kind of makes sense because if you think about it, in the first Ant-Man movie, uh, Henry Hank Pym had shield ties. Oh, of course. And they, 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 you know, they made they definitely made mention of that. So more than likely, it makes sense knowing that than anything else. Right, and he's one of the more recognizable shield agents anyway. So sure, that makes sense. Yeah, outside of Nick Fury, um, you know. So right. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see so Jimmy. Yeah, I was going to say they've retconned so many. Um, uh, or at least altered the origins of so many of the uh, Howling Commandos that right. in terms of the present-day uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, there's only so many uh, recognizable ones that they can create for uh, the MCU. And Quake, yeah. if anybody's somebody the same recognizable S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, yes, we know right. Quake and Marion all right. I'm thinking more along the lines of Gabe Jones, Dum Dum Doogie. Exactly. So. Speaking of, um, I, and I meant to take a picture of this. This is slightly off, but we could probably talk about this more in Toy Corner, but I'll probably forget by then. There, I was in my comic shop, and there was a replica of Nick Fury's gun, mm-hmm. and I think it was a shield badge next to it in my yeah. local comic shop, and I almost took a picture of it for you. It was like, oh, no, that if is anybody not- would have needed something like that, that would be you. <laughs> that is not a new thing. That is actually an old, uh, that's an old uh, collectible. Okay. For a while. Okay. It's, it's cool that you saw one pop up. Yeah. Yeah, it was lovely. I'm not sure how much it was, but I was like, oh, that was cool, because every now and then they, they get some new stock and some stuff with, with their collectibles. That's the stuff of eBay, stuff. man. Yeah, so it, it was there. It was cool. Yeah. So um, shout out to um, uh, Eclectic, who I know is a big fan of uh, um, this actress. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it? What's her name? Um, Melina Vaintrub. Vaintrub. Oh, Milana, please? Milan? Is, is it Milana or Milena? I can't. I don't know. I'm not sure, so I apologize. AKA the AT&T girl. Correct. And also, AKA, uh, a, apparently she was in This Is Us, which almost explains why Tim was watching that show, and I'm joking. Ha! 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 I've actually heard that show was, was pretty good outside of other places. Right. I didn't know she was on it. But yes, the AT&T Let's girl go. is going to be playing Squirrel Girl in the um, Squirrel Girl in the New Warriors show, and I can't wait for I I think that's pretty damn good casting. I would say so. Like, the other, like, Anna Kendrick would probably have been, or was Anna Kendrick? Somebody else won one. I thought she would have been all right with it too, but oh, yeah. I'm loving this. 
Yeah, no, this works. This works. Yeah. Again, she's also kind of pretty. Yep, there you yeah. go. So, moving right along. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 home release to include Inferno music video, which, if you don't know, was the last... Um, damn, auto-playing stupid stuff. Yeah. Uh, was the last song played during the credits uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And it also is the... Um, the music video that features David Hasselhoff. Oi. <laughs> um, yes, it's apparently still big in Germany. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, so next up, Lucy Liu joins Netflix's Luke Cage as director of yes. the first episode of the new second season. Lucy Lucy fan, uh, Lucy, 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 Lucy Liu fan favorite, or I should say my favorite, one of mine in the way. She's, she's awesome. She's been behind the character a few different times. Um, you know, elementary you know, Charlie's Angel, Kill Bill, obviously, you know, other movies, and she's been behind the camera for a bit uh, in certain other places. So that'll be dope. I would like to see her in front of the cam- car- uh, camera on that one. Yeah, but, it, would you know, be nice. it would be nice. It is what it is. So that ought to be dope. And that's next year, early next year, I want to say. Well, at least they're going to be filming through March 2018. I know it's definitely going to be uh, 2018, but not, we don't have a specific date next. So uh, next. Smallville's Erica Durance is replacing Laura Bonanti on Supergirl. Okay. Another Lois Lane on, right. on Supergirl. <laughs> Supergirl. Right. So this is cool. So we have small, Smallville's Lois Lane playing uh, Supergirl, a.k.a. Kara's mother, who is replacing the, uh, the, the former characters. I mean, the former actor because mm-hmm. of other commitments. Yeah. Don't adjust your sets. You are not imagining things. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, <laughs> basically. All righty. Uh, Sterling Gates joins the Flash's season four writing staff, which I believe he actually did do some flash. Right, uh, he wrote the Flash at one point. Is that the, the case? That... You got me, dude. I believe that's what they say. But yeah, he's oh. friends with Jeff John, and he's a he's a you know. I think he actually has done. I know he's doing Supergirl now, or not now, but he has done Supergirl. Either way, he's he's on a writing staff, so which means probably more comic ties in the show, as if there weren't a whole bunch already. Alrighty. Uh, speaking of uh, DC live action, Arrow, Stephen Amell confirms Deathstroke's return and teases another return. Yes, when we get the, the, the Deathstroke that we've been wanting to come back in the form of Manu Bennett. Bennett excuse me. I don't know why I put that much emphasis on, that, on his last name. So that's cool. I actually like that version of uh, Deathstroke. He was like, uh, you know, and those who know him from like Spartacus and all, he's, he still gives a little bit of that gravitas in there. And he wasn't around when he did the the Hunters episode because of whatever odd reason, because they had somebody else doing it. And I don't even think they showed his face. And I am behind on Arrow, so I don't know. And I still keep looking at this picture and thinking, that's got to be the Hall of Justice. Mm. And I need to see where that, if that, unless that was something that was just superimposed. Right. Because if they put the Hall of Justice in there and I missed that, then I've got some catching up to do. Uh, uh, next up, Matt. Yeah, next story. I was going to say, this next story came out of left field. Yeah, it kind of doesn't make much sense. So you can go on. I just wanted to mention that when I saw this cross my yeah, social media feed that. today, I was like, what? What's all this? Yeah. yeah. So, and that is the form of Matt, Reem, Matt Reeves, the director of Batman, is uh, starting over from scratch and not using the script from Ben Affleck for some and other Jeff reason. And Jeff Johns, right. Yeah, and Jeff Johns, excuse me, you're right. Um, and that came out, okay. I guess that doesn't make much sense at this late time, but again, I don't think they've started filming or anything. You got and, me. Uh, so yeah, whatever. It is what it is. All right. Uh, speaking of Batman news, next uh, DC animated movie looks like to be Batman's Gotham by Gaslight because we don't have enough gaslighting happening mm. in the world today. Mm. You can go ahead and rimshot that if you want to. Thank you. 
<laughs> All righty. Um, Suicide Squad 2, The Shallows' Jean Colesser, uh is the frontrunner to direct. Okay. Uh, well, you know, considering they were looking into Mel Gibson, that's probably better. <laughs> All righty. Next up. It's official. Umbrella Academy is Netflix's next live-action comic show. Good for them. I don't know this book. Have you heard of it? No, I mean, I've heard of it, but, you know... I'll I mean, yes, you know, I've heard of it, but I have not you know, exactly. read it or anything. It's a Dark Horse book, and, you know, it's in that deal. So, cool. Um, right, so the next couple of stories we can combine yes. together, because uh, the, the Comic-Con issue for Entertainment Weekly uh, came out, and it prominently features Black Panther on the cover and features multiple, multiple uh, images of, not, uh, of never-before-seen uh, costumes uh, and, and characters uh, from the Black Panther movie, which is fast approaching, believe it or not. Yes. And also, yeah, I thought they had a photo script spread in here, but they don't. But yeah, there was a whole bunch of pictures going around uh, today oh. and yesterday. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's today and yesterday. Was it? Because this article came out. I would say, when you're, when you're in the uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, book, uh, 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 magazine page. There's a direct link to the I think like 20 or so images of the characters. So. Sure. Yeah, and people were posting that and yeah. showing all the love. It was it was glorious. It was, um, but also on the Black Panther front, uh, Black Panther is clearly reimagining one of its major villains to avoid racial stereotypes, which is smart. Uh, the character of Man Ape, uh, aka Mbaku, Mbaku, is just going to be Mbaku, <laughs> pretty much. Which we kind of. I mean, listen. Yeah, even when them, could they kind of made more of the Mbaku part than than the Manate part. So but even then, you know, like as a kid when you're growing up, you're like, this dude's name is what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just kind of tough. I mean, yeah, you know, you can kind of understand it because he's a classic character. But even growing up, you could be, you know, five, six, seven years old reading a back issue, and you're just like, his name is what? Well, I mean, even um, yeah, even a lot of stuff behind Black Panther in general was a pretty much off of stereotypes and whatnot. So, it, it, you know, for the at the time, and I'm not that's a nice excuse. I'm just saying it was the exactly at the time. Exactly. So, but we are in a different time. So, I'm, that's good. Right. Just updating it. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with with the direction they're going in because you know it's uh you know it's you know better better to avoid that particular uh, yeah. That, it was a very smart move, right? Because they would have caught hell. So the next story uh, is about Wonder Woman's box office surpassing Deadpool in North America, and Ryan Reynolds responds via social media. I and, thought that was cute. Yeah, it was respectful. It was, uh, you know, it was, in, you know, it was a, a nice, you know, in joke. Um, I just think that, you know, maybe it's because I've always understood that Marvel has never had a female character on that level. That's why I'm not surprised that Wonder Woman has this great staying power. You know, right. she is the female superhero you right. know, no one comes close i'm sorry and, and and it definitely hurts that the mcu does not have storm does not have rogue does not have you know these characters that you know maybe not wouldn't be as they would not be as prominent but definitely would be strong leading female characters yeah and i probably i have a strange feeling that they're probably and especially given as much um um much love as this character's gotten probably captain marvel is probably going to get set up that way when that movie happens right like right. she already has a strong, strong fan base as it is. Right, and, and what's funny is that you know we have to remember that the Captain Marvel fan base is still new. That and is very are, true. Yeah, you're right. Because are very years. recently right. They are very uh, recently established. Right. Um, you know, sure. most of these character, most of these fans wouldn't recognize Carol Danvers in her black suit. You know what I mean with the, sure. with the dash. So. Right. 
Um, I'm pretty sure there are a couple of them that would be like, yeah, everybody's super insistent. Let me stop. That's not nice. Yeah, stop. That's rude. Yeah. That's, that's rude. But there are some people that are like that. Cause like, and I, I would argue I would probably be one of those people. Because like, you know, when she was Miss Marvel, I enjoyed her character. But, you know, I do but, too. Yeah. I do but, too. You know, I mean, a certain, you know, uh, uh, people of a certain vintage. I'm talking about, you know. Like, right. But not to the level of Wonder Woman. Exactly. Exactly. So, moving right along. The Dark Knight Inception director wants to make a 007 movie. And I feel like I've seen this article before. So Christopher Nolan, who's, who, who did uh, the Batman Dark Knight trilogy and another uh, bunch of better movies, um, wants to do a 007 movie. And I'm kind of curious as to how that would go. So I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm There's not saying very big that, IMAX shots that we were going to be like, what is this doing in a 007 movie? But okay. I would assume there would be some inception or um, type things going on in it that he does. Right. You know, or Sixth Sense. <laughs> sure. He's gotten away from that kind of stuff. But anyway. And last but not least, I'm sorry, that was M. Nice. Don't, don't, don't hit me on that. Right. Um, anyway, last in cinematic news, here's the image of the day that just came off the wire, or at least that's what I'm saying. Uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, and The Flash, and New Justice League pick. So, a little bit of an aside, I was just, for some stupid reason, watching um, Fast 5 and 6. Nice. Recently. Not that, and, and I've seen it before. Sure. But I just found myself watching them one night, because, you know. You're wrong. You know, right. Yeah. And the, the, the part where, you know, Gal Gadot's character leaves just kind of bummed me out. Excuse me, so 6 and 7, because I think that happens in, no, that doesn't happen, happens in 6. six. Happens in 6. So that was bummed, but then I had to keep in mind. So like, yeah, she's moved on to better things. <laughs> but still, I would like to see that character come back in that series. Wait, Sarah, have you watched uh, Fast Eight yet? I have. Have you? I have. Uh, Disappointing. Thumb up. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm kind of lukewarm to it. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't seen. it I yet, may have so. to see it again. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about buying it on home video. I already have all seven. I have, yeah. I have the first seven, and I'm on the fence about buying this one. It's kind of weird. I mean, you might as well to complete the set, but exactly. I get it. That's why, you know, yeah. more more from a completist point of view. Yeah, but yeah, and I did the same thing because like that's pretty much how I watched the first seven movies anyway. Just, just right. buying them and chopping through them. But yeah, I'm gonna do that in the next. Probably do it tonight. I don't know. Either way, that's that is a side point off of you know we got another picture. How do you feel about that Batman suit? It looks like denim in this picture. I don't know why. It's, 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 yeah, it's the contrast. Yeah, it's the contrast. I'm still not used to no underwear on the outside. So yeah, Batcock. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Codpiece, excuse me. Yeah. Whatever. Moving right along, let us move, fastly move on to the comic book news. And actually, we're still on some Batman news at that. Uh, so these days, it makes more sense for Batman to be a, a villain. Sounds like this is a miniseries. Well, this is a miniseries that is forthcoming called Batman White Knight by Sean Murphy of Punk Rock Jesus and the Wake fame, um, who's doing a story where the Jokers is ends up being Bruce Wayne and vice versa, which sounds actually kind of interesting to me. Sure. So I don't know. I may, may check that out. And as you can see, we see some artwork for it. And, not, and I think that's coming up. I'm not sure when. I think that's this September or something. I don't remember. But it's forthcoming. Alrighty. So uh, in more Batman news, DC Comics honored beloved 66 Batman actor Adam West in uh, two-page tri- two tributes appearing in this week's uh, DC Comics. Yes, in fact, if you have, yeah, if you've seen this week's comics, then you, uh, <laughs> nice, um, you have seen said thing, and I don't know if it's, yeah, here it is right here, actually. This is what shows up after the last page of uh, DC Comics this week, so it's, it's nice. Uh, we've already talked about this, but Duke Thomas gets a superhero name in DC's Dark Days, the casting. I still think that's a weird name, but, you know. We'll see if it makes more sense later on. 
Yeah, and they try to make some sense of it in this article and the where it came from. So, right. But then again, we did have or and I don't know. Maybe it's just me being used to more uh, winged animal type names in the Batverse. Maybe with the exception of Oracle, but you know, right, right, right. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Marvel's Legacy is uh, Invisible Iron Man sees the return of Tony Stark, which who didn't see that coming? Yeah, eventually they all will come back. Eh, most of them. Marvel Legacy, all of the comics and details announced so far. All right, so oh, yeah, so we got yeah, oh. all the legacy stuff, and actually we're, we're talking about one other one of them right now, Cannonball Run. Eh, that's cute. I didn't know about that one. <laughs> it probably has nothing to do with the old '80s movies. Mm-hmm. But if it does, hey, Al Ewing. Um, Marvel Legacy, Spirits of Vengeance, Ropes, and Creative Team. Actually, we can we put these next two together. In Creative Team and Plot Details. So a part of Marvel Legacy, there's going to be a new ongoing called Spirits of Vengeance, which if that name doesn't uh, mean anything, it means a lot to you, then it is Ghost Rider uh, as the lead. And I believe this is actually Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. And, I think, and, huh? I think so. Yes, it actually says over right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Blaze, Blade, Damien Hellstrom, and Santana. Santana are all going to start in the book, which this book kind of reminds me of Doctor Strange and the Social Supreme, which is more known people. Right. But that one's coming. It is what it is. And also, um, Marvel X Experience of Vengeance isn't designed to feed a 90s appetite, but it will. So it definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> Based on those characters. Yeah, basically. So that's just kind of already there. Why am I on that picture? Go away, go away. So Secret Empire number nine is set to reveal the secret of Steve Rogers. Let's all look forward to that. And let's look forward to it keeping over with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Uh, she makes comics documentary celebrates the women of X-Men. So it is a documentary, as it says, in video form that I think is coming out. So it was a Kickstarter that was funded in 2014. Oh, it's coming, actually, it's out now from Exhilarated Media on the video on demand and iTunes. So if you want to see uh, a documentary with the likes of Kelly DeConnick, Trina Robbins, Karen Berger, Becky Cloonan, Jeanette Kahn, and probably more other people talking about, uh, and Marjorie Liu, which I believe is a favorite uh, favorite on the panel, or some some folks on the panel, Mm -hmm. talking about the X-Men and what it means to to them. You should go check that out. So uh, very quickly, friend of the Chronicles, at MattWang97, tweeted Mm -hmm. at us, asking, is it true that the JSA is returning in Marvel Legacy to fight the shiny (laughs) crown of the Hasbro universe? Yes, the Amalgam (laughs) universe is coming back, (laughs) and that is going to definitely happen during Legacy. You heard it here first, folks. folks. Yeah, no spoiler bell. (laughs) It's ruined for all he is. I know, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So Ragman returns to Gotham City in a new DC Comics miniseries because everyone was asking for Ragman. I know, right? Um, <laughs> well, I guess Ragman did get some play on Arrow recently. If, if that is the same. Okay. Yeah. So, which I don't remember that character when I, the last time I saw it being that big of a hit to where that was necessary. But you know, hey, it is what it is. I wanted to touch on this next story. Because oh, it involves um, oh, yes, uh, exclusive toys, right? Exclusive toys in the in the Combo Chronicles toy corner. That uh, it involves exclusive toys that will be available at uh, San Diego Comic Con in the coming week. IDW Super Crossover Revolution gets a Hasbro mini toy line, including Rom, Space Knight, and Mask that get their first toys in decades. I can't believe there's a single. Rom Space Knight action figure, and it's part of this set that I am just not interested in buying. It's so annoying. But they have visionaries and Action Man and 
Micronauts. Micronauts. And Micronauts. And a jet race. Okay, well, Transformers, you know, been, you know, that line's been alive and kicking for years, so that's that's nothing new. But actually, that Jeff looks not bad, so I'm not, you know. But we get the lights up. And people of a certain vintage won't recognize half the folks on this. You know, especially this dude, little blue dude over here in the corner, which is Visionaries, which is an old 80s cartoon. uh, And, of course, Rom, and, like, that's... Margza was his name from Micronauts, whatever, and that's actually yeah. man. And I still don't remember that actual man. I remember the the nineties CG cartoon, but whatever. Guess what? The clown jewel of the the, the Hasbro <laughs> um, universe is blown back out into toys and other things. So there you go. Uh, let's see. So there's a, a, a two pack of uh, the new Batman the animated series Batgirl. Oh no, the two pack is another character. But yeah, that was yeah, that was a different one. But right. that one is a thing, right? So yes, there was a um, uh, the Batman. Uh, excuse me, Superman the animated series two pack with uh, Superman and Lois Lane of right. that one, and also Batgirl from Batman the animated series one. Interesting, interesting. All right, yeah. uh, a woman, a talking gun, and an apocalyptic feature. Valiant's War Mother returns. So fans of apparently this, yeah, apparently this is something from their four thousand and one AD. Uh, event from like what is it, a year or two ago i don't know i don't read any valiant so i, I apologize i don't know anything about it but apparently this was a fan favorite uh character and they're coming back with their own mid series yes sure go with that okay um so our last few items in the news uh oscar winner john ridley returns to comic books and the american way and i believe this book was out this week that is correct the vertigo book Mm, yeah. Yes. 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 Um, John Ridley of Twelve Years of Slave uh, screenplay. Apparently, I didn't know not know he did um, and American Crime. Hmm. Uh, I did not know he did comics prior to doing these things. But there you go. It's right. just an article about uh, why why he came back to comics and uh, why he's doing that series. Well, hopefully, he'll have a movie made out of it, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lindsay Sterling, writer, uh, is writing a creator-owned book. Title, co-writing oh co-writing yes uh, a creator own book entitled sparrow with Derek robertson on art mm-hmm. uh yes i think i was also co-writing with Derek robinson i believe robertson i believe all right something in here and lindsey sterling is a musician and yes. that shows how out of touch i am with music oh editors note the original press release for this says um stated that sterling was creating was creating and co-writing a project with robertson as creative consultant and that uh, apparently that was yeah more to the article. So it's a six issue arc. I'm not sure who Lindsay Storing is, but more power to her. All right. And last but not least, DC Rebirths. Mr. Oz, who is under the hood? Mr. Oz was first seen in Superman 32 as a shadowy figure watching Clark Kent. I don't care who this is, but someone in the DC fandom does. Yeah, PCN pretty much. Underscore, PCN underscore dirt help us out here. Who is this guy? But well, I guess uh, we'll find out on September 13th. Exactly. In the fall, in the pages of Action Comics number 987, in yeah. a new storyline entitled The Oz Effect. All right. And it's not about Australian people either. Oh, no. Or about the HBO series. Oh, no. <laughs> All righty. So we have reached the end of uh, the new section of the Comic Chronicles. Do you have anything that needs to be uh, featured on uh, unboxing or unboxing? I do not have an unboxing, but I do. I, uh, like I told Matt Wang on uh, on the Twitters, I, I did get his um, package, which was um, 
uh, a copy of The Watchmen, whether I read it or not, that's up in the air. But I, I thank him regardless for it. So. There you go. There you go. All righty. So I'll, I'll go into our final ad read of the night, which is for Skull Candy. Uh, let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox and PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, iPod and MP3 headphones. And now, for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on, on your order. To help keep our podcast free, order from Skull Candy by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Skull Candy banner and then shop for high quality audio accessories with free standard shipping. Skull Candy Audio through cspn.us. Do it today. And on that note, before we end, yeah, I want to actually call it. Uh, make mention of a couple things. One, Matt Wang's uh, comments. He says, uh, the original American Way by DC Comics is an underappreciated gem. He is psyched for the sequel. Nice. So, so yeah, you have to let us know what you think of it uh, if you get a chance to read it. Oh, and he's offering to split the IDW Revolution set. That's and it. of course he would take the best figure in, <laughs> in that, that whole line. And I'm oh, also... There is, there is, don't they have a masterpiece for, um, don't they have a transfer masterpiece for, for Jetfire already? I think so. Pretty so, sure. But um, I don't think this is that. Yeah, I, I really wouldn't want any of those except for the ROM tier. Actually, I would kind of want the Divisionary one because I have a, a, you know, as a, I remember watching that cartoon when I was little. Of course, I watched a, a lot of cartoons when I was right. little, so there was a whole lot of that craziness that I, that I watched. So um, I probably wouldn't, but I would want the Jetfire also. So it is what it is. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to split that up or, or work with that, but it is, you know, we, we can talk about that. <laughs> if that is actually a, a, a thing. But, no, it's um, a real thing. It no, is... no, I mean, I know that the, 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 oh, no, in terms of the set is real, but the right. offer was also real. I don't think, like, I, yeah, I figured the offer was real, but I didn't know how the set was going to be split up. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Whether they're, they're putting all those in one or they're just doing like individual pieces. No, it's know? all in one. I think it's all in one. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, we can talk about that offline because that's ridiculous. Uh, but uh, there are a couple other things I wanted to make uh, mention of too. Now we talked about this last week on the show, and actually I probably should have talked about this during the news section. But uh, as we know, Stanley's wife uh, Joan passed away, and we talked about that last week. Uh, but there is a video out there uh, on Bleeding Cool and probably a few other places on um, that from Stanley and Joe Casada on how Joan Lee created the Marvel Universe. And that's kind of not high power probably from what I've seen so far of it because you know, right? She definitely had a strong uh, hand, very big influence. Yeah, exactly because she's one of the one of the the driving forces behind keeping keeping Stan, you know, on the grindstone. Right. You know, including because yeah, because apparently from one story it was like she uh, he wanted to quit and exactly we told him not to, and then he ends up creating the Fantastic Four. Right. So that should tell you a whole lot. Yeah, there and still we, uh, there's this moment also rest in peace uh, to uh, Joan Lee and Joan. Princess to Stanley and we owe you a great Stanley. day, yeah, absolutely. Day. And uh, like you said, uh, our sincere condolences to the Lee family. Right, and this I forgot to totally bring this up. So did you did you remember this part uh, when they? As soon as I saw that, I knew what they were homaging. Yeah, and and when I got to that part and when we got to that part in um, Homecoming, I was like, oh shit! Like I remember that cover, and I was like, oh man, I can't believe they're doing this, and it was pretty. Like, I was pretty much geeking out in my chair when they did that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, so there was a certain scene in Spider-Man Homecoming that is, um, that is referenced. Direct homage. Yes, really. 
pretty much down to one of the last shots of, of that scene. Exactly. You know, that were, were, I, that ended up being played out in comic book form. So that was awesome. But yeah, so now we are coming to the, the end of that close. I don't think I have anything else. Uh, if you have anything else to say, nope. we can go ahead and wrap I'm this good. up. So that being said, we want to thank everybody for coming out to, to this here shindig. And um, as always, you can check us out every Thursday night uh, on this here, theclicknation.com slash live. If you're watching us live at nine o'clock ish, because we don't always start on time. We right. things happen. Pretty rarely start on time, actually. But that's a whole other situation, regardless. Because you can also catch us in audio form on Friday mornings at CSPN.us and all other podcast places of note. Thanks to at Classic Materia. Absolutely. Uh, and the, the fine folks over there, it's um, he of the CEO of of the CSPN. I guess Cozy, I don't know if he emailed or code. Well, regardless, of what that's, you know. Um, so that being said, thank you, one uh, agent underscore seventy on Twitter for for being here tonight. Yeah. Um, again, agent underscore seventy on Twitter and also Instagram. Check him out where he's he uh, tweets out his he Instagrams his tour runs and <laughs> other things of notes. Yeah. Um, for the like fancy cufflinks. I know, right? Yes, his fancy Spidey conference. Those, those are actually pretty cool. I, I enjoyed that. I did not know. So I saw Matt's tweet about that before I actually saw the picture. I was like, wait a minute. He does not have Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he totally does. And he wore them to work and to the movie premiere. Hey, rock him. Shoot, you got him. <laughs> and for, uh, actually, actually, thank uh, Matt Wang for always being being here, you know, in person. Well, not necessarily in person, but uh, around. When the comments, whether in, yeah, in the rafters, you know, friend of the show. There you go. Um, also for one leaving Tim Dog ninety eight on Twitter, who had to go because he had to get to do some other business. <laughs> busy, busy man he is. Also CB Cron on Twitter. Also theclicknation. Uh, excuse me. Also theclicknation. Com and theclicknation on Twitter. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N, all one word. All of that is him. Uh, you can also check out the um, PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. Uh, also, P- Pop Culture Net on Twitter and also popculturenetwork.com. That is all him. Uh, hopefully, he will be back with us next weekend and he will give his impressions of Spider Man Homecoming because I'm pretty yeah. sure we are not finished that that particular conversation. Also, Graham Comics Reviews on Instagram. I don't know at that point. I will, probably will have seen it again. Yeah, I am usually not big on seeing movies more than once in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I have considered making an exception for this one and. Black Panther, but we will see if that actually pans out. Uh, and I am going blurry for some reason. That's uh, well, camera. What are you doing? So, also, uh, you can find me at right. Well, that's my camera acting up on the West, don't it? But you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nerds Need on Twitter. You can also find me at uh, CB Caps on Instagram, where I tweet out a bunch of um, comic book panels that I that I enjoy. I've been kind of slacking on it lately, but I'm getting back to it. Um, if you want to support us, go to CSPN shop.cspn.us and go and, uh, you know, support our podcast and other fine CSPN shows. Um, I believe that is pretty much it. All so, right. Until next week, folks, this is the Comfort Chronicles and we're out. Signing off. Please. Would you believe it's, it's done?